0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of Fully Free with Ashley. The podcast bringing you many insights to support your journey of creating your best life on your own terms. In other words, living fully free. The podcast will bring you conversation on mental health, personal growth, relationships, eating disorder recovery, hypothalamic amenorrhea, and so much more so I'm so excited to be here with you all. This is my first morning trying to figure out how to use my microphone, use this software, so bear with me as I navigate it and just, yeah, get right into what I'm all about and what I'm here for. I am so, so, so excited to be starting a podcast. I've been really enjoying being vulnerable on social media over the last few years and through blogging my healing journey from an eating disorder. Uh, That was what began my journey of just being really honest and wanting to connect with other people to support personal growth and healing on every level. And it just sort of came to me a couple months ago that I really would love to start a podcast. So here I am now, I ordered the mic online and we're just getting set and ready to go. So thank you for carving some time out of your day to listen to me speak and just joining me and supporting me, every single person who reached out to me to offer advice or insights, I thoroughly appreciate it. So yay, I'm here. Uh, the introduction mentioned my podcast name, so I decided to go with Fully Free for Ashley. I just feel like, not Fully Free for Ashley, Fully Free with Ashley. I just feel like it really embodies um my priority in life about creating freedom in every aspect of that word and like life is too short to stay in cages that you've created for yourself or that you've just allowed yourself to stay in for so long so I feel like the words that I've chosen really embody what I'm trying to create through this podcast. So before I get into my story and my history I'm going to just introduce myself a little to people who maybe don't know that much about me or any strangers that eventually stumble upon my podcast. So my name is Ashley. I'm from the greater Toronto area in Ontario. I am a yoga teacher and a school teacher as well. I'm possibly considering going to do a master's in something else. So that's where I'm at in my life right now, my career. I'm extremely passionate about yoga and everything that yoga has done for me, and that will be a podcast in of itself. I teach a few times a week. I practice a few times a week. It's definitely grounded me and transformed my entire life. I grew up playing many sports, so I come from a really active family. I'm so grateful for all the experiences and the opportunities that I got to try various activities that I wanted to try, and even ones that I didn't want to try that I ended up falling in love with. So my mom is extremely active, too, still to this day. Very, very active woman every single day. And when we were kids, we were all put into many sports. So I tried like swimming, karate, jazz, hockey, soccer, basketball, volleyball, track, cross country, um, probably some some more even. But... Yeah, I I didn't realize when I was younger how many people don't get the opportunity to be so active and try so many things, so I'm extremely grateful for that. And then as I started to get older, I was given the option to choose what I wanted to continue with. So I ended up falling in love with ice hockey and soccer, which became basically my life growing up. I played um, Midget double A and a bit of junior when I was 15 for hockey, which looking back, I was very young, but I felt old at that time. Uh, So I trained every day for hockey, a couple hours or more. And then I also made it to um, OISL for soccer. So I was playing the highest levels for both my sports and just really thriving as a young athlete, um, creating really great connections with my teammates, uh, never being outworked, like just loving giving my all on the field and the ice like that was my entire identity and I definitely miss those days although I'm still active and still enjoy my sports for fun I miss the competitiveness and the drive of youth of my childhood nowadays I still really love being active I love hiking biking rollerblading uh, I don't like running anymore unless it's for soccer and I haven't been able to play soccer for a couple of years because of some injuries, but I am still playing ice hockey the odd time I got back to that for fun, and I'm really enjoying, yeah, just everything about being active for, for enjoyment and freedom in my body. I also really love writing and reading. Actually, growing up, I used to write novels. Uh, so I would type out full-on stories and hand them to my teachers for fun. And I hope to maybe write a book one day or maybe two or three. So we'll see about that journey. But that is something that I love to do as a hobby as well. I also really, really, really love traveling. Uh, I've been to many Caribbean places, but I want to go more places in the world. So, so far I've been to Mexico, Cuba, Dominican, Jamaica, Barbados, St. Kitts, and then Italy in Europe which was amazing. All of my trips have been amazing. I particularly love uh, adventure travel. So like Italy, my brother met my best friend and I backpacked and that was my favorite trip thus far. Many of the other trips I went on growing up were all-inclusives, which are incredible too, because I went with my best friend growing up and her family and my family's. But there's something magical about not being on resorts, which I've also had the great opportunity to stay with locals in um, Barbados and Jamaica. So those were incredible trips, too. I'm really excited to see so much more in the world when the time's right. And yeah, I think my number one place that I would want to go ever since I was a little kid is Greece. I'm so excited for the day that that becomes reality. But really, I'm just I love traveling period like anywhere. I'm down for a road trip. I'm down for a plane trip. Basically, let's just go. I'm also very close with my family. Uh, I live at home still with uh, three siblings. I have two younger brothers and a younger sister. Not in that order. But anyways, my family is great. I don't know what I would have done my entire life without their support and I really don't have a reason to leave home as of now, especially saving money and figuring out if I'm going to go back to school online while I work as a teacher. Yeah, so that's basically my reality right now. That's my life a little bit about me. I'm sure as I continue with the podcast, you'll find out lots more about me, but I just wanted to provide a general introduction about my personality and things I love in life. I'm also really passionate about friendships, uh, adventure, meaningful conversation. And I would kind of classify myself as an introverted extrovert. So I really love like being social and making connections, but I don't really like small talk and I don't like huge group parties. I have a bit of social anxiety, but I'm getting over that, getting better with that. I like meaningful conversation more in small group gatherings and exploring new territory. Basically I like adventure. So moving on and now just getting a bit into what fully free is all about, I want every single person that listens to this to know and truly believe that you have the ability to create your life and live one that is fully free, like create full freedom in your life, in your relationships, in your career tra- trajectory, in your self love, um, and. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or that I've created that fully yet in my life, but I really want to strive to every single day. And I feel like this podcast gives me an access point to connect with other people and express my journey and it also really feels very liberating to discuss like what I've been through, what I'm going through um, and just be vulnerable especially through social media because as I've grown up in the area of social media exploding It's crazy to think about how much we're so worried about how things appear on the outside and like only posting times that are magical and perfect. And oftentimes, obviously, our social media displays our highlight reel of our lives, but there's a lot going on in the background, like health journeys, relationships. And I love talking about the things that aren't talked about enough. So that's really what I'm here to do on this podcast. And I'm really excited that you've all taken the time to join me. So I plan to hopefully record a podcast at least every other week, depending on my schedule. So I'll keep you all updated on that. I honestly also plan to have many guest speakers. It's not only going to be just me talking for like an hour. I want to include um, co-workers, friends, people I don't know, specialists in the mental health field and physical health fields, um, some eating disorder specialists, hypothalamic amenorrhea specialists, and athletes who knows where this podcast will go it has full freedom to go in any direction which is also what I'm really excited about I don't want to make this podcast about one thing I think there's so many important things to talk about so I've decided to move into my first podcast here but I'm not going to go through my entire story of healing from my eating disorder I'm just going to provide some insights into like why I think I developed one and when it began. And also just talk a little bit about the stereotypes about eating disorders, because I sometimes forget that since I'm so personally experienced in it and I've read so much about it that I always assume other people know what I know and that's just not the case. And I think bringing awareness to what eating disorders look like is really a first step in preventing them and helping people get access to help. Uh, when they need it, and even when they might appear like they don't need it. So I would say a stereotype of eating disorders, so like anorexia is a typical eating disorder that people might know of, and they might visualize it as someone that is very skinny, very underweight, like you would look at them and know that they're sick, and that's from not eating, start like personal starvation, which can include some over-exercise, et cetera. And then bulimia is the other common eating disorder that's well-known, uh, which requires uh, manipulation of food and then compensation, either through like excessive exercise, purging, throwing up, um, or laxative use to go to the bathroom, um, et cetera. So those are, like two very well-known eating disorders. And I would say the biggest stereotype about every eating disorder is that you can look at someone and tell that they have one. So you can look at someone, see they're very underweight, they have an eating disorder. But actually, majority of people with eating disorders go unnoticed. So they might be in a normal body size, maybe even an overweight body size for the general public. Um, The general public's description of what overweight is, um, BMI is a topic for another day. But those are just stereotypes and a lot of the time access to support from therapy or medical professionals is not provided because even like doctors in the medical system looks at at patients and makes assumptions about their health based on their weight. So that's something I'm very, very passionate about bringing insight into as well. A lot of the research on the origins of eating disorders Is still being conducted. So there's no real conclusion about why certain people develop them. There definitely is genetic components that have been studied and assumed. And then there are some that haven't had concrete results. But I think based on my own personal experience, I can like create theories about why mine started. And sometimes that used to like take over a lot of time in my mind. Like I would spend a lot of time thinking, why me? But I think what's really shifted for me in the last year is just instead of that, like, what can I do to break free of this and live free and get away from all the blockages in my life that have come from having an eating disorder, from a place of gratitude for my experience, though I don't regret anything that I've been through. I think it's going to enable me to help other people in many, many ways and even though sometimes we're very difficult to navigate, I appreciate every single experience now. Um, so I would say mine developed uh, from a combination of, like, feelings of inadequacy, like lack of self-worth. Um, and then I also think there was emotional uh, emotional coping. It was an emotional coping mechanism for me when I couldn't feel my feelings properly, when I couldn't sit with... Um, troubled feelings and work them work through them and then I definitely think there's a genetic component in mine based on family history and then I also believe that another factor of me developing one is an actual biological response so I think mine started with dieting and very much restricting and under eating for how active I was and biologically bodies respond by trying to eat more and get whatever food is accessible, which I think all these things combined together to propel me into this disordered eating state that lasted a very long time for me. And I very much felt alone during most of my eating disorder, mostly because I kept it, kept it very quiet. I didn't really tell anyone. I think I mentioned it to my sister and one friend once but I kind of downplayed it as if like oh I can control it like it'll be fine I just need to like pull myself out of these habits and these thoughts and eventually when I did seek medical help through my doctor they basically denied me um, mental health support because I wasn't in a malnourished looking body I didn't fail some dehydration test on a blood test so I couldn't be added to the waiting list for mental health support and that kind of threw me a couple steps back too because I I kind of inherited that belief like oh I must not be worthy of the support then, because is I'm not that sick and I think that's something that every single person that's struggling with eating uh, needs to know that if you're wondering if you are that sick then you probably are that sick and you deserve support in any way possible that you can get it um And it's hard sometimes with access because mental health therapy is expensive and not always covered, especially if you don't have insurance. So these are some of the things that I went through towards my recovery. Something I'm also super passionate about is discussing diet culture. And if you haven't heard diet culture before, you might be like, what is that? Well, it's all around us. It's All these diets that people are following, it's all these beliefs that we have to shrink our bodies, take up less space to be more worthy, especially as women in the Western culture. Because if you look around the world, different countries and uh, backgrounds and cultures value different body sizes and shapes in different ways. But in the Western society, like being thin and fit and healthy looking, uh, which is also problem in of itself because health is not defined by low body weight um but that's something that's very pushed onto women here and young girls from a very young age um stemming not only from like magazines and billboard posters but now social media everywhere with like edited bodies women with the like, tummy tucks and then injections and everything that just isn't real and not not natural and I wasn't exposed to social media when I was growing up, and I still really struggled with body image. So I am very concerned about this upcoming generation's experience with their connection to their body and their self-worth. Because they're on their phone so much, they're on the internet so much more than I was growing up. And they see so much more, and hear so much more, and they just don't realize like how it's really affecting their belief about their worth as a human being in an an average body size or a different body shape than ones they might see portrayed everywhere as ideal or like hot or sexy or whatever word you want to use to describe describe a woman's body and so diet culture includes like everything like fad diets like no carb is a huge thing right now keto diet. Those are just some examples of things that people do to drastic, drastic changes that people make to what they eat to try to control the space they take up. And I really want to like dive deep into like what that is all about and how it's affecting us on individual, but also like global connective levels. Um, so that there'll be of uh, many podcasts and specialists, hopefully on um, my series here talking about that. But I definitely believe Diet culture was a major factor in my development of an eating disorder, and I don't think that is talked about enough. So, I'm going to really dive into that later on as well. So, in the upcoming episodes of Fully Free with Ashley, we're going to first dive into my entire history of my eating disorder. That will be my next episode. Uh, And then, following that episode, I hope to have a guest speaker. Not sure which topic yet, but I'll keep you guys all updated. And then after that, I'm going to go into details about my healing physically right now with um, hypothalamic amenorrhea and some hormonal imbalances that are still lingering from my eating disordered history. And we'll just go from there. Uh, So I wanted to make the first episode kind of short and sweet, like a little introduction and some insights into what I'm super, super passionate about. So thank you so much for taking 20 minutes out of your day to listen to my words and support me on this journey of growth. I'm very excited to record the next one already, and I'll see you all soon. Thanks so much. Bye.